You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Probably a big reason why I've been injury-free for so many years is because I wear UFOs. Yeah, UFOs are sandals or shoes you just slip on and like... After my swim, I get out, I slip, I slip on some UFO sandals, like, and even in the house, like, I'm on tiles, so I'm not barefoot on the tiles, I actually have a specific indoor shoes, <laughs> so, so I can recover too, and, you know, back when we were talking about earlier, how I actually, for the first time, was getting injured, and the reason why I was getting injured was just because my body wasn't absorbing nutrients. And I think one big reason why I was able to get over that Achilles issue is just because I was wearing my UFOs, which, you know, alleviates a lot of the stress and strain that you have that you put on for your, from your normal daily, daily wear and tear. That was Matt Russell. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Welcome and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. This week on the podcast, we are launching a special mini-series in partnership with active shoe recovery brand, Uvos. In three inspiring and unique conversations, I will be highlighting Uvos brand ambassadors from the worlds of dance, triathlon, and wellness. Today, I sync up with globally renowned American professional triathlete, the incredible Matt Russell. Matt got his start in professional triathlon back in 2011, but in 2017 at the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Matt had a life-changing accident that altered the course of his life forever. When he was hit by a van while racing at 35 miles an hour on the bike course. After surviving this devastating accident, Matt was undeterred from racing. He went back the following year to compete at Ironman World Championships, coming in sixth place overall. And he continues to compete today. This conversation is all about overcoming obstacles, having faith, believing, and having a positive attitude in the face of adversity. We also talk triathlon, health, nutrition, diet, and meditation, and how UFOS footwear has played a huge role in Matt's journey back to racing, training, and everyday movement. Before we dive into our conversation, shout out to our partners at UFOS. UFOS is the global leader in recovery footwear. Founded by a team of industry veterans looking to help runners and fitness enthusiasts recover better from their workouts. Made with revolutionary UFOM technology, UFOS are designed to absorb 37% more impact than traditional footwear. So your body doesn't have to, helping you recover and recharge between sessions. From professional athletes to casual walkers, UFOS footwear will make your hardworking feet and body feel better. All you have to do is feel the ooh. Now, back to our guest, Matt Russell. On this episode, Matt shares the terrifying details of his 2017 accident. He talks about his recent health issues and recurring seizures and his new diet, helping him to prevent them. We do a deep dive into racing and training, long and short-term goal setting, and disconnecting from data. Plus, Matt talks about the importance of family, his new nutrition focus, and embarking upon a functional medicine approach to health. We talk about the importance of rest and recovery, and Matt offers insight into his favorite tools and routines, including his UFOs for all occasions. Get ready to be moved and inspired. 
If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. Head over to the app wherever you listen. Click on the Marnie on the Move podcast. Click on five stars and click on leave us a review. Also, share this episode with your friends on social, wherever you like to get social. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or wherever you like to get social. And don't forget, sign up for our newsletter, The Download. Now, on to my conversation with Matt. It's so great to meet you, Matt. Obviously, I'm a triathlete, and I know your story. I'm really glad to be able to bring it to my listeners today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you just did Oceanside this past weekend. How was it? Um, you know, all things considered, if you look at my time, probably most people would say, oh, that's a horrible time or, you know, that's not great because that's probably that's about 22 minutes slower than my personal best. Um, and I think I was about 22 minutes from from the winner. Uh, a couple things. First off, the half isn't my isn't my cup of tea. Um, the half involves a little bit of speed and endurance and the full is pretty much pure endurance and I'm more of a pure endurance guy. but Considering what I've gone through the last several months, it was a it was definitely a victory for me. Um, especially, I was kind of limited with how much training that I could do, which uh, I'm sure we'll get into shortly. But I, I was really happy how everything went. All things considered, body felt pretty good, and it's it's also it's always a personal thing because sometimes, yeah, like I said, on paper it might not look the greatest, but. Yeah, with my training, uh, limited amount of training, it, it was definitely a victory for me. I agree. I think, I think every race is so different, and you know, on paper it says one thing, but it's like such a personal experience because you never know what is happening with that person on that day, and how their training has been and what their story is. So, you know, when people look at your race time, I mean, obviously you're a professional triathlete, so it's very important for you to have certain times and place and win and all of those things. Why was this such a challenge for you training and what was going on with you that this, that these were the results that you got this on this particular race? So in, in the beginning of the year, I had my first ever seizure and there's lots of unknowns what causes seizures. And one thing that there is a correlation when you have had a, um, a traumatic brain injury, and that goes all the way back to my crash four years ago in 2017, it lowers your threshold. So you're more likely to have a seizure. And it was a shock. It was three and a half years since accidents when I had the first seizure. Since then, I've had multiple seizures. I've went on, uh, after the third one, I went on medication. And uh, looking back on it, uh, two weeks two weeks after my third seizure is when I started going on medication, and I actually ended up fracturing a rib during that third seizure. And then two weeks after, I raced Ironman Coeur d'Alene <laughs> with a That's fractured amazing. seizure. Oh. Um, but I I did feel like I was in uh, I was in good hands because I was on the medication, and my uh, nurse practitioner was actually doing her first Ironman right there too. So I, I felt confident and I had a pretty good race. But then I think, unfortunately, I might have had some underlying issues from the taking the medication that I was actually had a couple of seizures when I was sleeping at night. And so that was my like fourth and fifth seizure. And I was really concerned about it. And that made me do a ton of research, digging right. and digging and digging. And... It, and a lot of it, what it was, was for whatever reason, I was having a lot of inflammation and the, um, partly because of the food I was eating, but also partly because I've had some bad, um, bad um, bacteria, my microbiome and my gut. And I was actually having leaky gut. Okay. Um, so I'm still on that journey. I've completely changed in the last five weeks now, I believe I've changed my diet and I I've almost gone my longest ever stent without having a seizure. Wow. Um, that's amazing. More, and, um, I'm, my body, I have so much more energy. I'm sleeping better. My workouts are better. 
everything is rolling well in that sense. I unfortunately I do have some bloating still. I find a little bit of a correlation and it doesn't matter. So I'm eating more of a paleo diet. Okay. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. More of a paleo diet. But if I try to eat anything processed, like gluten-free pasta, I'll still get that bloating. So there's definitely something going on. And I'm seeing the, the doctor actually tomorrow to do all, do a whole bunch of tests because to try to find the underlying issue. Because long story short, I have to heal my gut. Right. And uh, your gut and- is connected to your brain. So if you have leaky gut, you probably have leaky brain, which yep. it's all related. Yeah. 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 So with that said, I, I, I can't really take in too many carbs, it, which is difficult, especially if you're training for Ironmans. And so because carbs is a big fuel source. Uh, so my, my training has been limited that I haven't been able to do a ton of volume. Do you feel the difference in your body training? Like you don't have as much energy or? I, I think after, like if I do two hours and less, I'm fine without taking in any nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, my body's pretty efficient, like two to two and a half hours. Um, but after that, I find like I need a little bit of calories. And typically what I use is infinite nutrition. And that's what I've been using. And that's what I used on, on race day. And race day, it was, it, I didn't, I had very minimal bloating. So I was really happy about that. So for training wise, typically what I do when I'm in the thick of things, like a, sh- a down week is 25 hours and a big week is, is pushing close to 40 hours. Yeah. So uh, ballpark, I don't know, average, maybe around 32, 32 hours ish. Um, and my lead up for this was between 15 hours and maybe I hit 20 hours in, in the course of 20. Yeah, maybe maybe 20 hours in the course of maybe a six-week lead up. So not that much. And just to rewind a bit, four or five weeks before the race is when I kind of really found out that, hey, I need to change my diet. That's when I was doing a bunch of research. They said more of a keto, keto paleo diet might help. Um, so four or five weeks ago before the race, it got so bad that I was actually having arthritis in my wrist. I could only bend my wrist back halfway. Um, and yeah. my body was breaking down. I've been a professional athlete, multi-sport athlete now for 15 years. And um, I've never really had any big issues with uh with injury and i started developing um achilles um achilles issue and the long story short my body because of the bloating i wasn't absorbing any nutrients my body was actually starting to break down um so yeah i changed my diet and um my sleep score went from like uh what was it 67 to 85 my readiness score went from 69 to like nine, 94 in the course of six weeks, just progression right up. And I felt, I felt great. So before Oceanside, literally eight days before Oceanside, I did my first running workout, which was my longest run as well. I did nine miles at 540 pace. And I was actually pretty shocked from it because my average for the four weeks leading up to that point, I, I actually had, had taken like probably 10 days off from running. And I think I averaged maybe 17 miles. So wow. it wasn't much, much running at all. And, and I actually like posted, a, yeah, I actually posted my fastest 10 K of the year. 530 was the last 10 K because it was a progressive tempo. And then my longest, or my, my bike, I did one bike workout uh, five days before the race, I think it was on, on Monday. So I rolled into that race, not prepared the way I wanted to, but my body felt good enough that I knew I could finish. So it was a victory for me to run. I think I got off the bike and I ran a 118, like 559 pace. So I'll take it. And from here on now, I feel like there's this room for improvement. Um, and the more answers that I find out, the better. You have to test out this nutrition somehow. So this could have been that. I mean, I mean, the goal is always to win, but at the same time, maybe the B goal was to 
you know, experience this new diet and how it affects your body? I think, I think the more that we know about our body, the more information that can have, and our body sometimes change for some change throughout the years for whatever reason. And, uh, cause two years ago I did a food sensitivity test Yeah. and I know Lucy Charles had just, had she just also, done one. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's changed her, her life, um, in a positive way, which it should. And, um, when I did mine two years ago, I really, I had maybe a few things on the mild spectrum, but nothing that was really a red flag for anything. Yeah. But right now it's, 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 for me, it's change. And the reason why it's change is because my micro, my microbiome right. and my gut, there's too much bad bacteria. I need to figure out what that bad bacteria is. And I'm seeing a functional medicine doctor tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward um, to seeing him to find like the underlying root cause. And I'll probably have to do some tests to figure that out. But I'm really excited because I feel so much better just changing my diet. Yeah. And I would say I'm probably 80% better. But there's still like I said, there's still a little bit of leaky gut going on. It takes um, and a I just few know. months to and are you taking probiotics and everything? And have you started that? Yeah. yeah taking probiotics, I'm taking prebiotics, I'm taking L-glutamine. There's a whole bunch of other things that I'm taking to try to help heal the gut. And it's, it's a process. Yes. Um, but I, I can't, I realize I can't do it all on my own that I actually yeah, need, need to help. do some tests. I need to have some, some, some extra help. Um, but I, I am, it makes me really excited because I think about it, I go back to 2018, and that was the best year I had at Ironman World Championships, which was post-accident. And I think about that. That year, I was actually vegan. So I probably reduced a lot of the foods that was causing me inflammation. And I think I was actually gluten-free, too. Um, so, and I'm not saying meat's, like, bad or anything like that. I'm just saying people that eat meat sometimes we think mentality that we need to eat meat every single meal to get our protein that's not the case right. like can eat meat once or twice a week and still be fine and fill those gaps and it's probably healthier me possibly i mean i'm not i'm not a doctor or any or nutritionist right. but i was listening to another podcast and they said how you got to think of your body like your house and what you're putting into your body is how strong your house or your body foundation is going to be. And if there's potential, some gaps, let, let's say, yeah, if, if maybe you don't eat meat, there might be a potential gap in the, and that could be, I guess, as an analogy, there isn't a, a window where there should be a window in the home. And what's going to happen? You're going to have wind come in, you're going to have rain come in, and you might have some imbalances with your health. So I think there's so many diets out there, but I think the best thing to do for each one, each one, each person individually is maybe yeah, figure out what what's causing inflammation, yeah. eat more foods that aren't processed. Like if you can pick it, if they don't have a barcode, like an avocado, um, yeah. or an apple, or any kind of fruits and vegetables and nuts and things like that, that those are kind of the those are the foods that I'm eating. Um, and I think, I think it, it, it is a huge performance, uh, benefit if you can do that. I think you're absolutely right. And everyone that I've talked to, it's all about adding things and don't focus on subtracting things, but adding what you need. And then eventually you don't need the things that aren't good for you. Like your body just doesn't crave them. But you know, when, when people are told to like get rid of certain foods from their diet, I think it's like mentally challenging for them, but you know, I also think, you know, I tried to be vegan and I'm sure I did it the wrong way, but it just didn't work for me. And part of it, I think, was psychological and part of it, I think, was physical. So I'm not, but I, I am definitely hyper aware about how much red meat I eat. And even more so now, I don't know. I just, it's, I definitely... And then, you know, I, I overanalyze it. Then I think, oh, well, fish isn't really good either because, you know, everything is – you have to consider the source of where you're getting your food. And so I go in waves. I'm, I'm currently in this, like, sort of zone of, like, not knowing which things to eat or where to go. Like, I don't know. That's just my personal – you know, I said 
this past, this pandemic has really brought this concept of being healthy, eating healthy to the forefront of mainstream awareness. Whereas as athletes, it's something that we're constantly workshopping and retooling. But I even think sometimes as athletes, we take it for granted because physically we're healthy. So, or at least we think we are. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you, do you see more of this increase of people bringing in awareness to their nutrition over the pandemic in the athlete community? Yes, I, I do think so. However, then again, you have to be willing to change. Right. And um, sometimes for people to change, it's very difficult um, unless it affects you personally. Obviously, it's affected me personally, and that's why I've tried to done so much research. Um, but it's, to, I think the word being healthy is a combination of a number of things. It's definitely, I think I read, read somewhere that a doctor says 90% of like diseases or, or issues with your health is from the environment. Probably mm. the other, other 10% is um, a little bit genetics. But if you think about that, you know, like really what you, I used to think before, like, oh yeah, what you put in your body, it really doesn't make a huge difference. And, but it, it does. And, um, and sometimes you don't change until you get that life changing moment. Right. Um, and, you know, hopefully for some people, COVID was a, hopefully a little bit of a wake up call. And, um, you know, through the whole pandemic, I haven't really heard too much, especially on mainstream media talking about, hey, you need to take care of your health. And this is how you take care of your health through exercise, through eating healthy, through getting good sleep, through getting some vitamin D, which is yeah. getting out in the sun, you know. And uh, so there's always things that you can do. I think it is definitely having a good balance in the whole spectrum of thing of, with everything you do, because, you don't if you do too much of, of one thing it's actually a bad thing. Like you, right. you drink too much water, you actually die. So you had your best time at Kona when you were vegan. So do you think you'd ever do that again? Or I think the healthy balance, I think whatever I did in 2018 to perform well, I think, yeah, I think part, it was, a, it was a combination of a number of things. I was definitely highly motivated and being highly motivated and hungry is a very important thing. And if you don't have that, it's hard to be successful in anything that you do. You have to be motivated and you have to be hungry. So that's the first step. And then there's there's always all these little things that are called marginal gains. All right, how can I make, how can I gain, you know, you know, a half a percentage here, a half a percentage there, there and, and try to be, you know, maybe 2% faster, 3% faster in this discipline. And one of those things that I looked at was, was my diet as well as other things such as I started doing some meditation and just really any any kind of possible edge that I could do. So yeah, I did. Uh, I was vegan in 2018 and I was gluten free. And long story short, I think there, I think there was some benefit to that because there was less inflammation. Mm -hmm. The less inflammation that you have, your body can recover quicker. Um, Am I 100% vegan now? No, I'm not. Do yeah. I eat some meat every now and then? Yes, I do. Do I eat meat every day? Absolutely. There's 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 multiple days sometimes in a row I won't even eat any meat. But I do eat meat a little bit to kind of fill those gaps. Like one thing that's difficult to get is like B12. Yes. And uh, I think it's the more that you know and the more passionate that you're about, about it, the deeper you'll dive in. And then with that, that's when you'll, you know, get your blood test and see like, am I deficient in anything? Or you'll get a food sensitivity test and see like, am I, am I sensitive to anything? So I think the more that you knowledge that you have, but you also have to be passionate yeah. and willing to do it. Yeah. And so for you, I know that we, you know, we, we mentioned briefly this accident that you had in 2017. And I think when we talk about, you know, personal experience and, you know, a life changing moment that brings a certain level of whether it's looking, you know, introspection and also, you know, how you're going to move forward. I mean, you had 
you've been a triathlete and a pro now for 15 years. And in 2017, you had a serious, major, life-threatening accident while at Kona. What happened? Yeah, so yeah, 2017, I think it was right around mile 87 of the bike. One of the very few intersections there are. It was something that never should have happened. And long story short, a vehicle went out in front of me. Um, I don't know all the details of it. It was supposed to be controlled. There was multiple police officers there. Long story short, the vehicle went in front of me. I was going 35 miles per hour. And it was an SUV, and I hit uh, the side window, and my my I went flying off my bike, and my head hit the window, and uh, I severed my external jugular, my sternocostal mitis muscle, my neck, which is my neck muscle, um, and I was yeah practically bleeding, bleeding to death, and. Thankfully, there was an anesthesiologist doctor there applying the right amount of pressure, um, and I was I was millimeters millimeters away from from uh, nicking my internal jugular. And if that would happen, I, I wouldn't be here right now. So, I mean, I was rushed to the hospital. And long story short, I'm just I was definitely there's. The Lord has more her plan for me, long story short. Yeah, the Lord has more plan for me because, one, I'm still here. Two, I'm not paralyzed. Three, um, mentally, I'm still here uh, because when I, got, when, I, when I got out of surgery, I had obviously m- many stitches and everything. Um, I kept on saying the five, asking the same five questions to my wife over and over again for, the, for like four hours. So have you ever seen uh, like Fifty uh, First Dates and that guy Tom? He's like, "Hi, my name's Tom." And then like, like every thirty seconds, he would, "Hi, I'm Tom." Like that could have been me for the rest of the life, my life. So and so the fact that I'm still here, I'm able to, to still train and do what I love and compete to the level that I still can is is a miracle. There's been definitely many, many challenges throughout the way. My, my, my recovery process, it definitely, it, it, it was both uh, physically and mentally. And I'd never actually, I didn't break a bone, surprisingly. Um, I did actually dislocate a rib uh, and I moved the wrong way or the right way and popped it back in two weeks later, which, which hurt. But uh, I, I really can't complain about that. But the biggest thing I had was a little bit of a muscle imbalance because I severed my neck muscle on my one side. And uh, so getting back, getting back to where I was doing physical therapy could have been a lot rougher. Um, And I pulled out three pieces of glass from my neck. I still actually have a piece of glass in my neck right now Uh, or some kind of debris that's not coming out. It's not giving me any issues or anything. So, so, I mean, throughout this whole process, there's a lot to be grateful for. And the way I see it, the Big Island of Hawaii has given me many gifts. It, the Big Island has given me the gift of life because because I was so close to losing my life. Um, and my son was actually only three months at the time of the accident. And uh, so exactly the year before, the island gave me the gift of life of my son. <laughs> and he has a Hawaiian name. Uh, his name is Mikhail, which uh, in Matthew it means, uh, or in, in Hawaiian it means Matthew. It's a magical race. How many times have you done Kona? Uh, eight times, I believe. So before I was a professional triathlete for a few years, I um, was a professional duathlete and I won a couple of duathlon national titles. And I was like, oh, if I could just learn how to swim. I could uh, actually maybe be okay doing the Ironman. So 2010 was my first year, um, middle of, middle of the years when I did my first pro race. So the next year in 2011, I qualified for Ironman World Championships. So that was my first year, and I've made it back every single year except for one year. So I've I've competed there eight times, yeah, in in my career. 
um, since my first time in 2011. That's amazing. How has your mindset and attitude changed like pre-accident to post-accident? Definitely being a lot more grateful and trying to get the most out of life. I, I think you try to grow in every single aspect in life, physically, mentally, spiritually, and there's always things to be working on and to be growing on and learning about. And so I'm always constantly in this journey of trying to have a better quality of life. And um, I mean, just talking to my wife last week, you know, I was talking to her about this and I said, we need to get a file, get out a, uh, like a notebook and have a bunch of tabs, you know, not having it on the phone. Um, you know, yeah. technology is great, but sometimes it can be a big distraction. Um, so like actually getting out, getting a, a binder notebook with tabs and having one tab being family things, um, you know, and, and adventures, um, another tab, like having a date night tab. And so, you know, getting, it's getting a babysitter and also, um, personal goals. And there's so many things that you can do. And so many tabs that you can have. And I feel like the more tabs that you have, the increased quality of life you will have. You can be like, all right. Oh, yeah, family. Let's flip open family. What do I need to do? What, what, what things have I written down about family or some adventures that we can do, such as like, all right, going to the park, going to the pool together, going camping together, going hiking together. And uh, like just this weekend, I asked my son if he wanted to do a running race. There's a running race here. And he said he wanted to do it. And there's a couple of events that he that he can choose from, like the 200, the 800, the mile. And he wants to do the half mile. Uh, yeah, the 200, the, yeah, the 800, and, the mile, and he wants to do the half mile. So it's, it's uh, and also with that, when you have a family, it has to be, it's important to have good communication and also to be balanced. I want to, I'm striving to have a better quality of life. I'm striving to be a better husband. I'm striving to be, a better father. I'm striving to be a better athlete. And, you know, during this journey, I also want to be there for others and hopefully inspire others. And even racing, racing Oceanside um, last weekend, m many people came up to me and, you know, asked me questions and other people said, Hey, you inspire me just like running on the course. They said, Hey, you inspire me, keep it up. And it's always this life is always this progression and you always need to continue to learn and grow in every aspect of life, I believe. It's amazing that you just went back out there. I mean, some people would feel like they couldn't do it or they didn't want to do it. And what was going through your mind when you finally came to and realized what had happened? And, you know, what was the first thing you thought? Like, how are you going to move forward? Well, there's really two ways to look at that really two ways to go um right. you can either think of it like all right this is just a hurdle or this is a wall if you pick the wall it's a wall like all right this has stopped me i'm never going to do this again i can't do this you're going to have all this negative attitude and it's a slippery slope and then that's when you know you might start doing drugs or it's it's just going to go downhill from there the other side is like, all right, this is just a, a barrier, a hurdle that I need to jump over. Or it might be many, there's been many barriers and hurdles that I've had to jump over. I'm go, jump, trying to jump over one right now. Coming to see. And so, so one, having a positive attitude is a big thing. And, and then two, not only having the positive attitude, but never giving up, just keep moving forward. And then like a few big things that I always like to think of is having hope, having faith and believing. And if you believe you can do something, put your mind to it, write down your goals, like write them down personally. And also having good support. Like my wife was a very, uh, is very supportive. And, you know, I always communicate with things with her. So having a strong support system and it's just, doing the best that you can and if you do the best that you can in life you won't have any regrets no matter what it's a personal journey and like like I said you know I yeah. finished Oceanside I think I was maybe the 17th pro if if you would have asked me five six years ago if I'd be happy with that I'd be like no yeah. I wouldn't be happy with that but you know what crossing the finish line I was ha I, I was I was so happy um, just because of 
in my personal journey, I knew where I was. And um, also I got that medal and I brought that medal back to my son and he thinks I won the race. And, you know, think about thinking about it. If you cross that finish line and you get a medal, no matter what, what things you've gone through, you're, you're a winner. And it doesn't have to be first place. It doesn't matter what place you are. The first place medal and the last place medal, they look the same. So it's about a personal journey. It's not a destination. And um, yeah, just trying to do the best you can with each and every single day. I live one day at a time. And there's always things that we can do to try to try to have a better day. You know, if things don't go work well one day, then you have the next day to work to try to improve on that. Were you nervous to get back on your bike? Like, and are you still nervous on your bike? Yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember, I think one of my first race coming back, coming to an intersection, there was a vehicle stopped there. But I put my, my instead of being in the aero position, I put my um, hands on on the, on the hoods just to, just to get up. Um just because you never know. And with with training, I do most of my training inside. You do. But I do ride outside. Definitely sometimes there's benefit. And when I do ride outside, I try to have a bright light. And it's not going to, it's not going to solve everything. And things always have, there's always hiccups. You can't control some things. Like if you get a flat tire, you could crash. But uh, yeah, majority of the training I do inside. But you have to take... Um, some risks in life and and you can't live being isolating yourself and being worried that's not a way to live and you have to uh just get out there and you know pray for the best and do the best and and you know many doors have opened since my accident you know like the deep digging deeper a little deeper in my diet um and i'm even digging deeper now into my diet but there's 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 many doors that open. Like I got into doing some more. Med- I got into doing meditation. Yeah. And uh, there, there's so many beautiful things in the world, but we you just have to apply yourself. And I think the big thing is getting rid of those distractions. And um, in the past, the phone, a phone, my phone has been a distraction because you open your phone, you have all these tabs that you can go to: Facebook, Instagram, checking your email, text messages all these things. And before you know it, an hour goes by very quickly on your phone and it can be a trap. And so that's why I just came out, just talked to my wife recently. I'm like, we need to have a folder and have a file on there that we open that up because opening that up is actually going to create more memories for our whole family. And it's going to create a better quality of life. Yeah. versus like hey if you're if you're tired you can always walk to a park get out a blanket lay down and my son can run around me do laps and i can time him or when you're not training and racing what are your go-to recovery tools and routines for recovery i've talked about it before in the past but marginal gains with everything that you do and one big tool that I've used, I've been actually using for the past several years, and probably a big reason why I've been injury free for so many years is because I wear UFOs. And yeah, UFOs are sandals or shoes you just slip on, and like after my swim, I get out, I slip, I slip on some UFO sandals. Like, and even in the house, like I'm on tiles, so I'm not barefoot on the tiles. I actually have a specific indoor shoes. <laughs> So, so I can recover too. And, you know, back when we were talking about earlier, how I actually, for the first time was getting injured. And the reason why I was getting injured was just because my body wasn't absorbing nutrients. And I think one big reason why I was able to get over that Achilles issue is just because I was wearing my UFOs, which you know, alleviates a lot of the stress and strain that you have that you put on for your from your normal daily daily wear and tear. And for most triathletes, the most injuries typically happen when you're running. And let's say if you run an hour a day, that's seven hours a week. That's not a ton of running, but that's a lot of stress because I think every stride that you you do when you're airborne, when you land, you're putting on three times the amount of your body weight, which is huge. So you think about it in a week, seven hours, that, that's actually, for most people, a fair amount of time running. 
but think about all the other hours in the week, what you're doing. And if you're on your feet, especially if you work full time, if you're on your feet, you want to be in something that's comfortable. And they have this foam technology that just alleviates the impact. So your body can really just recover and not just your joints and ligaments and tendons, but also your muscles. Because if your muscles are recovered, you're going to have a better workout as well. You mentioned earlier that you have UFOs that you wear indoors and UFOs that you wear at the pool, which I also do the same thing because I wear so many of the different sandals for different occasions. How do you weave the UFOs into your everyday life and what shoes do you have? What are your favorites and what would you recommend other athletes wear? UFOs keeps on expanding uh, their lineup, which is which is great. They have like a flip-flop kind of like thong style that goes in between your toes. They have one that's that's kind of open and they have like a shoe that just flips it, that you just slip in. There's no laces. Yeah, so I use all three of them. And it also depends on the type of the time of the year. The thong style sandal, like it's it's I use it a little bit more, I would say, in the summer mm-hmm. and also going to the pool. With the other type of sandal, it's great. I use that more inside the house because in the winter months I can put a sock on and and wear that as well. Um, which, which is great. And then I even have a pair of UFOs when I go to church, they're all black (laughs) and, uh, and they're kind of like my, uh, dress shoes or whatever, but like they're dress shoes in comfort, which is, which is great. It's like uh, two birds, one stone I'm recovering and like, no, I can also, also be stylish, which is great. Yeah. I think they're so amazing. I keep a pair in my transition area too. So at a race, when I come back from the run, I just take off my sneakers and put on the UFOs. I think it really does help with recovery. Yeah, for sure. And like when I have a pair that's getting a little bit old, sometimes I'll just take it and throw it in the the vehicle just because a lot of times, sometimes we're out and we need to like change or whatever like that. And to have that extra pair is always nice to have an extra pair of sandals. So I usually throw an extra pair in in the vehicle. And then how do you like to disconnect? No, for sure. I think another good tip uh, which I've done before is sometimes just turn off your phone. You don't need to be available 24 seven and turn off your phone. And our minds are always thinking like, Oh yeah, I wanted to look up this. Oh, I wanted to do that. And so have a sticky note and put it next to your phone. That's turned off and write yeah. down be like, okay, yeah, I wanted to check on, check up on this. Oh, I wanted to order this. And write those things down. And then when it's time, turn on your phone and be like, okay, I think I can do all these in a half an hour. Block that time off, get it done, then turn your phone off again. Um, because, uh, yeah, I think I think nowadays people can get into the trap of spending too much time on the phone, yeah. um, which I don't think is healthy. And like I said, it all goes back to having that good balance. And um, too much of anything is not good. Yeah, no, I agree. I like the way you're thinking. And now, you know, speaking of getting outside, you are in Utah, correct? In St. George. So are you planning to do the World Championship Ironman in Utah in May and then again at Kona in uh, October? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome that it's right here. Um, The bike course pretty much goes right by our place. Oh, my God. which is awesome. Um, so I, yeah, I am qualified for, um, for, uh, world championships. I believe it's May 7th yeah. and yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, and, and this is the first time that they've ever moved it from Ironman, uh, from, from the big Island, Hawaii, Kona, that they moved it here. Um, there was a lot of, uh, uncertainty. So that's why they ended up moving it here. Uh, and then I do plan on racing again, the normal date, which is in October, which will be on the big Island again. So yeah, that's, that's the plan. You know, I, I have, I definitely have more goals that I would like to achieve there. And I believe everything happens for a reason and the, and it's working out in, in a way for, for me, like if it world championships was last month in October, I wouldn't have been prepared for it um, because I'm just starting to be in the healing process right now. Uh, and it's, with that said, 
it's motivating. It, it's making me hungry again because I, I feel like I can get to, um, I feel like I can accomplish more. I feel like I can do more things. And, and like I said, part of it is being hungry, being motivated. And, um, and sometimes, sometimes taking one or two steps back is really, is, is not necessarily a bad thing. It might seem like the worst thing at the time, like I'm never going to get over this, but it's important to sometimes take a couple of steps back before you can take multiple steps forward. And I feel like I've taken many steps forward and I'm going to be taking many more forward. So, and that's, that's motivating and it's exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to the future, still living in the present yes. one day at a time, but, uh, which is really important. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to increase the quality of my life in all aspects. And I think, um, I think like I've mentioned before, having a good balance is important. That's so inspiring and encouraging and such great advice to take a few steps back to take many steps forward. So when do you start officially training for world championships, St. George in Utah? Really? It's, it's a never ending process, uh, in, in a way. And everyone's approach is going to be a little bit differently. Right. Um, and for, for me, I'm a type of person who, the more I race, the better I do. Um, I build off the fitness that I gain from actually each race. And I'm a person who recovers really quick. But with that said, I also lose my quick, my fitness fairly quick as well. So one, I don't do a big paper. Typically before Ironman World Championships, two weeks before, I'll race another full Ironman if there's one or two or three weeks out. So the, the year that I finished six at Ironman World Championships in 804, two weeks before that, I finished second at Ironman Chattanooga. Thankfully, my body's able to bounce back pretty quick. But I'm already thinking about Ironman World Championships now. And one thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing a lot of local running races here. Yes. And I, I really like that because I feel like no matter what it is being in a race, you know, it's something that's going to go down on paper or, right. you know, just paying that 20, 30, 40 bucks or whatever it is for that, that uh, 5k, it motivates you just a little bit more. And you need those short-term goals in order to get to your long-term goals. They're yeah. tiny steps, but you need those tiny. For me, I need those tiny steps to keep motivated and to focus on and be like, all right, in two weeks, I'm going to be doing this 5k. All right. I'm going to be throwing, I'm going to do a few of these workouts because I want to try to see if I can get this time and see if I can improve on where I was last month, last week, last year, whatever it is. Yeah. That's such great advice also. I mean, I actually similarly need to have a lot of goals to get to the big goal. But what I've been finding is that if it doesn't scare the hell out of me, I really can't train for it. And that has been a challenge mentally for me. And I'm just, I recognize it. So I'm just putting myself forward in the motion, but it's not exciting me enough. And that, you know, I'm in New York, it's cold, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not exciting to do a half Ironman in December, but I think that might be a little scarier for me if I put some speed goals behind it. Right now, I'm not training for anything, and I just started working on my schedule for 2022, and I'm going to you know, start racing, and I'll probably start with the Virginia Blue Ridge 70.3, so I do 70.3s. I really love this distance. It's just enough because I think I'm not ready to, to do the Ironman distance, and I don't know how much I love the longer distance. Like I did a marathon for the first time last year, and I've done tons of half marathons, I have to do a few more to really judge the experience because I feel like I had a challenging race because I was sick and I did it anyway. So I don't think it's a fair assessment of the marathon distance. But I feel in my gut that I might be a half person in the sense that I, I might really just like that distance because it's just enough of a challenge and I have so much room to grow in the sport. But I always like to set the bar higher so <laughs> and longer. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a it's a good healthy balance to sometimes step outside your comfort zone to push yourself 
And with that, there's going to be times that you hate it and that you grow from it. And there's going to be times that you like it and that you grow from it. And you can grow either way and be like, okay, is this really something that I like and enjoy? Or it was just kind of that one time epic thing that I'm not going to do again, but I'm glad I did it Yeah. because it's always, I think it's always important to hold that excitement, enjoyment, because that, those are the things that keep getting you outside. Like a, a, a specific, specific example, I moved from Florida a little less than a year ago, and moved out to, um, to St. George because there's so many great adventures out here to do. Um, so that's one thing, just doing more adventures with a family, but also personally is like, Hey, I can climb. There's a lot of places. I'm just looking out my window. There's a lot of places, there's mountains that I can ride up and like, Hey, you know, one day I'm going to try to maybe climb 15,000 feet on the road bike, you know, or, and, and, uh, you know, just have that, have that as a challenge or, you know, having this maybe certain segment I'm not on Strava, but I'm thinking about doing Strava because there's a little bit of extra motivation. It's been out for a while. and The segments are definitely extra motivation. Like I actually, I deleted my Strava account because I was so annoyed. And then I put it back on because I missed the segment. Yeah, yeah, no. So I'm starting to get into like uh, thinking about other ways to push myself in a, in a, in a way that I'm excited. So um, yeah, it's getting about, it's, it's all about getting out of the, your comfort zone yeah. from time to time, pushing yourself from time to time and be like, is this something I really enjoyed? Yes or no, you know, and just having short-term goals to reach your long-term goals. And I think that's a good way to be excited about things. And like, like I said, having a, having a file, opening it up and writing your goals down, just instead of thinking about in your head, oh, I'd like to do this, be like write, writing things down a little bit yeah. more than just like thinking about it. Because if you actually write something down, it's actually concrete. You actually, it, it's ingrained in your brain even yeah. more. And it might, it might make you more, it might make you a little bit more hungry. And also I'm sure you're on training peaks. I was going to ask you, you mentioned that your fitness drops really quickly and you like to keep it at a certain level so that you can race again. I am completely obsessed with my fitness on training peaks and have what is the highest that yours gets typically um i think i've had my maybe close to 200 um <laughs> that's amazing I, I, yeah yeah makes sense. But, but the other the other thing is there's so many variables that you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt yeah. you know the thing is with all this technology i think it's really great but you don't want to get wrapped up and be like, oh, I need a higher means better, higher means better. Or like, oh, I have to hit this pace. I think it's really important to yes. listen to your body and how you feel. Uh, like I raced Oceanside last weekend. I didn't I didn't race with, usually I race with a watch on and I race with power. I did everything on feel. And I feel like I evenly split everything Granted, when I do race with devices like power and and a watch pace when I'm running, I kind of go by feel anyways. I'm more of a yeah. feel type of person. I'm not, I don't look down and be like, okay, I need to hit this pace. I need to do that I do more. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I do coach some athletes sometimes and sometimes I'm like, you know what? Just like take your watch off some like every once in a while or, or if you know the loop is going to be that you're going to do is four miles does it really need does it really matter if you're 30 seconds faster or you're 30 seconds slower or you could even do something like start your watch go for your run and then think about how long is it going to take me to get back i think i'm holding this pace and it's not it's not a race to get to your watch to to stop it to see how fast that you went right it's about getting to know the pace and be like i think i averaged seven minute pace and you get back and it's it's 28 minutes and 17 seconds I'm like oh wow i i ran just about seven minute pace so it's getting to know your body a lot and yeah. i think some of these devices do a good job with telling what our body's doing but sometimes you can get wrapped up it can go the other way and be like not listening to your body when you should be taking more of an easier day that you're not so it's it's about again having a balance <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great advice. I mean, it's something that I think a lot of athletes have to do. And I, I, I actually am equally guilty of being so connected to the data and my watch and 
paranoid about my heart rate and am I in zone two? When am I in zone four? And, you know, sometimes I, you can feel it, you know, when you, when you're doing the sport enough, you can feel when you click in and you can feel when you're at a good pace and you can feel when you're in a good zone two versus like a sluggish, heavy zone two or a bouncy zone four, or if you're on your bike and you're just like cruising, you know, it's all those things. But then I look at my watch because I'm like, oh, am I going too fast or am I out of my zone? And I think that maybe like listening to you talk about this has inspired me to kind of like keep the watch on, but maybe put some tape over it so I don't look at it. Yep. So I get the data yeah, and, you know, but yeah, and, and then I can just go with my feel, you know, and kind of like just get a sense of like who I am as an athlete in that. And what it feels like as opposed to, because it's really hard to not look at the watch. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I get, I, so I deleted Strava and I also was kind of trying to switch things up with training peaks because I was going on these long bike rides and then I come back and it would say, you know, 14 or 15 miles an hour for the average. And I was like, that's such bullshit because I went so much faster than that. And I was so upset, you know, I was like, I was going 18, you know, that's, I mean, that's fast for me, but I was going 18 miles an hour for a chunk of that. It's not fair that that's what I come back and that's what I get. So (laughs) I got frustrated. You know, people look at your scores. I mean, whatever it's, it's, and you should be proud of whatever you do. But at the same time, I was getting upset because I was looking at my score and I'm like, I am not that slow. It's good to have a little bit of an ego to be like, yeah, I'm kind of being always watched, but you have to have a balance. Like, yeah. I think with having an ego, it's it's important to just have a little bit because, but not being too t- carried away because ego means that you're, hey, you're still into it. You're still interested. Yeah. If you didn't care at all, then you don't have an ego. And right. if you don't care at all, you're probably not going to be even racing triathlon or running races right. or anything like that. That's true. Um, and I mean, that is if you're doing races. And then you don't need an ego if you're just doing exercising. Um, yeah. But with, with with that said, I think it's um, I think it's important to also remember like these Kenyans are running sub two five for a marathon. They actually go out and sometimes they run nine minute miles for yeah. an easy day. And and well, I think it, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, mean they're so. even like running you know super slow and. It's, it's about having, you know, the mentality, hey, easy days, easy, hard days, hard, and really just being genuine. Like, yeah. this is me. I'm not perfect every single day. I have easy days. I have bad days. And that's, we put 100% of the pressure on ourselves. And it's, again, it goes back to all that having, having a good balance you know, not just with races, not just with your workouts, but also your inner circle with, you know, your family, your friends. Yes. It's a holistic approach. Uh, and, and that's what I don't, for, for, for me, it's, it's important to have a holistic approach. So I'm balanced, but I'm always striving to do better in, in every area. And there's some months that, you know what, like there might be some weeks or some months that I'm not as good as a father or a husband as I could have been because, you know, I was really, really focused on training and I was putting in about 35 hours a week. But at the end of that, try to have maybe a down week where like you kind of reward yourself where you can almost do a mini vacation. Like, all right, we're going to go to Zion National Park or Bryce you know, Bryce National Park and do like a two, three day family, family fun hiking adventure, vacation, getaway. So it's good to reward yourself as well. Speaking of rewarding yourself and back to the amazing UFOs, how did you connect with this brand? And they have been at many Ironman events, but I actually met Darren Brown, oh, 10 years ago, and he's been with UFOs for many years and he used to race as a professional athlete he was he was a runner i think he he's a, he did a 356 miler he's broken four minutes in the mile he got some good stories and um and we're yeah i met him yeah over about 10 years ago and we're pretty good friends and 
and he's a very talented athlete and not just running, but, um, you know, swim, bike, run across the board. I believe he's even qualified to be a professional athlete too, uh, in, in triathlon that is so, but, uh, we're kind of in the same boat in the sense, you know, we both have a family and, um, he has a very good positive a- attitude and you want to surround yourself with people who have positive energy, uh, because, it just makes you a better person. And like, there's like little things. He has some children and I have a child and, you know, I told him something, uh, you were talking about, uh, trick or treating. And, uh, I think my wife came up with this, uh, about the, the switch, witch. and, and I said, I, I think I messaged him and I said, do you know about the switch, witch?" she's like, no, what are you talking about? And I mean, I didn't know this last week. I don't know about and, it. Yeah. And uh, so when you go, when the kids go trick or treating, obviously they get whatever and anything goes in the bucket. And you look at the the candy and some of the candy. I mean, my son's only four years old, so right. we're not going to really have him had to have too many hard things, you know, for his teeth or super sugary things. I mean, obviously you have to live a little bit and have yeah. him enjoy some things. But you have, I had my son go through through the bucket and pick out the things that he didn't think he would like or that's hard, or that really isn't good, and you put them in, put it in another bucket. And you take that other bucket, and then you put it in front, uh, you just put it in your, in the, in your door entryway, and you go to bed, and the next morning, what happened, the switch witch will come, and they'll take that candy for other children, and they'll leave a little toy in there. So you can, like, go to the dollar store, and, like, I think we got a car, or... Yeah. Uh, you know, some something fun like that. So it's it's kind of the same same uh, philosophy as like the tooth fairy. You lose a tooth, you get something in return, right. or you know, or get money or Got something it. like that's that. That's a good so, one. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's what you know. If you're if you don't have many friends and you're very isolated, I you will. I think most people will become a little bit depressed because hey, we're human beings. We like to share things and. I like sharing things like that. And I like learning things and like to enhance our, the quality of life. It's, it's a journey. It's not a destination. And, you know, when I'm done with triathlon, I'm 38 years now, 38 years old now, you know, I have at least, it depends on what I want to do. Minimum would be two years, but I have potentially I could go another five years because there's, there's, there's athletes in there. Yeah. There's athletes in their mid forties that are still racing. But, you know, no matter no matter when I retire, whether it's in two years, five years or or whatever, there's like Cameron Brown, he's 47 yeah. and he's still racing as a professional. I'm, I'm never going to stop growing and learning. And uh, and I'm excited for especially the new adventures that lie ahead with my son. I mean, he's starting to get into like running races. And yeah, you said that earlier. Sports. Did he do Oceanside with you or he's too little? What's the age for Iron Kids? No, he has, he's done three Iron Kid races, anywhere from like a half mile to, I think the short, shortest one was like a 200 dash or okay. something like yeah. that. But he's done one in, in, uh, the first one was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. The second one was the Big Island of Hawaii in Kona. And mm-hmm. then the third one was this past year in, uh, Ironman Coeur d'Alene. So he, he, he really enjoys that. That's fine. And, uh, he gets to see his dad. Yeah and do the races too for sure for sure and the one at Ironman uh, Chattanooga um that was the highlight of our trip because he was young I think he was only it was in 28 no sorry 2019 so yeah I think I think he had just turned three years old and it was a half mile which is pretty long yeah but he 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 ran the whole thing and he stopped one time when there was a little bit of a hill and he just stops for maybe about five seconds and goes, hill. And he just walks and then <laughs> That's how he's I running feel. again. So. But he's, he's got the drive. And, yeah. you know, and the thing is, he does, my, my son, he doesn't have to be the best athlete. He doesn't have to be a professional anything. I just want him to enjoy life. And long, long story short, I want, to, I want him to have lots of opportunities because I think everyone could could the more opportunities you have the more you kind of can find you more you can find yourself and what you enjoy whether it's music whether it's in sports whether it's um you know a certain subject in school 
but the more opportunities, the more opportunity you have to grow. Right. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a huge world out there, and there's lots of opportunities. But if you don't expo- have exposure to it, you're limiting yourself or your uh, your children. Now, are you also a triathlon coach? Yes. Yeah, so I I've been coaching triathletes, oh, way back since in 2000 and for over 10 years now. Yeah, I'm not coaching a ton of people right now. I think after my having my son, I kind of scale back a little bit like that but people do still reach out to me and want me to coach them and I you know I might I might uh, expand a little bit more but I don't want to take take on too, too many much. athletes yeah. because to, for a couple of reasons one to take away from family and two to take away from my personal training so it's it's good to have that balance. And I, I guess I kind of take on the, the role sometimes of being a life coach because they, they ask about certain things. And it's not like I had the answer to all, all solutions, but I definitely make recommendations that would hopefully help. I've listened to so many podcasts that I, I get a little bit of tidbits here and there. And, and it's, it's a great, it's a great way to learn. And I like to, once I, once I learn something, I like to share that with others so we can also grow. Well, this has been so awesome. It's been so great having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Great connecting with you. And it's always nice to communicate with like-minded people too. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 